One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's My Pops Culture, starring my son, Ben, and me, his dad. Do you really have to say it like that, Dad? With our guest star, the Brady Bunches, Christopher Knight. Here's a story about pork chops and applesauce. And here's a story why I self medicate. Hi, and welcome to、uh, another episode of Pops Culture. Well, that、uh, was a nice stumble. Yeah, thank you very much. I was just drinking before this. Do you want to try that one yeah, again? Yeah, okay, let's like reslate it and go again. Hi, welcome to another episode of Pops Culture. <laughs> <laughs> what is hi? Hi. hi. What is that? I'm just talking to anyone to hi. hi. I don't know if anyone's listening. Hi. They want to feel great. Why don't you just introduce yourself? I'm Ben. Hi, I'm Ben. And you are? I'm Marshall. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Uh, today, we're going to talk about a very specific show, and you might know it from this very classic theme song. Here's the story of a lovely lady. I know this theme song. You know this theme song as well. Well, I know the theme song because you push it down our throats as a kid. We have amazing audio of you singing the Brady song and me teaching you the names of the Bradys. You know what? The Brady Bunch is the greatest sitcom of all time. That、yeah, says one person at the table. As my son, do you not think it's the greatest sitcom of all time? Come on. I think it's your favorite sitcom of all time, not the greatest sitcom of all time. I will tell you why I think it's the greatest. Okay, so go ahead. Tell me, give me your rant. Give me your spiel why the Brady Bunch is the greatest sitcom of all time. Because there's. Hold on. Let me think about yeah, that one. Well,、time. you've got. Okay. Well, you've got. Okay, for my generation, it's the greatest sitcom of all time because it was about family. There was humor in it. It was from the kids' point of view. Every child could relate to one of those kids.、Mm-hmm. And every working woman could relate to Alice. Okay. Ben, very、yes. interesting. Why don't we tell our one listeners? <laughs> why don't we tell our one listener? Where we are. Where, are, where do we record this wonderful podcast? So, right now, we're actually in your basement, my childhood basement,、um, with a table full of your shit. 
I mean, I see TV guides, I see old phones, I see, uh, this is a bottle of Orange Crush from, uh, God, maybe the 1970s. The 1940s. These are heavy, it's a heavy glass bottle. It is, um, it's, I don't know what type of glass it is, but it's heavy. It's from the 1940s. This is expensive Orange Crush. I shouldn't just toss it out this way. Yeah. I mean, needless to say, we are in a pop culture haven in this basement. I tend to call it a museum down here, a pop culture lair. I mean, I guess the one thing that I'm noticing across this entire table is the plethora of Brady Bunch-related pop culture, which seems to be almost too much around the table. I need to Google what plethora means. I love seeing all this, knowing that, you know, the day that you pass away, that... Myself, nice. Josh, and Rachel are just going to have to figure out what the hell to do with all this shit that's just down here in this basement, and especially all the Brady Bunch shit that you have. Okay, first of all, first of all, I don't know what I'm more hurt about. The fact that you're talking about my demise or the fact that I'm not you're saying calling I, I, the Brady I wish Bunch it shit. upon you. I'm just saying that there's going to be a day where you're not going to be here. Well, then I won't have this... to worry about I won't have to worry about it. But I do not want you to throw out this book, this paperback book, signed by five of the Bradys, called The Brady Bunch Adventure on the High Seas. Like, how old were you when you actually discovered The Brady Bunch? I probably was eight. And it had already been in reruns. Mm -hmm. So I was watching reruns of it, and I was watching um, the new versions of it. And I don't know if you know, but this was 1972 or 73. And my mom, it would come on in the evening, I think 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. or maybe, no, the reruns came on around 6. But the point of the matter is, my mom would get me a TV tray. Do you know what a TV tray is? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've had TV trays. Those haven't gone gone away. Well, you never had a TV tray. I never bought you a TV tray. Grandma had a TV tray. I've experienced the TV tray. Oh, they, so now you're in Grandma's League. Yeah, I mean, you can, you know, get the senior discount. You're in Grandma's League. For okay, sure. so the TV tray was this folding. They usually came in a set of four. Picture mm-hmm. this. A set of four, they would close up. You'd stack them in four. They usually had a cool design of flowers on it. I'd sit on the couch, and my mom would go and make this gourmet dinner called Swanson's. Okay. And it was, I don't know, there was a turkey dinner with cranberry, and there was mashed potatoes and peas, and my mom took it out of the freezer, put it in the oven, and she put the TV dinner on the TV tray, and we watched The Brady Bunch. Okay, so you as an eight-year-old boy sitting from the TV with a TV tray watching The Brady Bunch, a.k.a. the greatest sitcom of all time. That is correct. And that was when life was beautiful. I mean, I probably like more like Arrested Development as like my favorite sitcom or The Office is like one of my favorite sitcoms. But these are like new age sitcoms, like single cam doc style sitcoms. Okay, so let me, let me let's talk about Arrested for a second, because that yeah. was the first one you brought up. And I think this is kind of interesting, because even though we're father and son and we're of different ages, I think it's interesting that the one that you liked is about a family, Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. And The Brady Bunch, which is my favorite sitcom, is about family. But your family is a bit more dysfunctional. Yeah. Well, because I feel like the evolution of television and family has has evolved into more dysfunction than it is that, that high moral ground, which your generations grew up with, which was like, everything had to be perfect. There had to be a nice little moral tie at the end. Whereas now it's the dysfunction that people love to see in TV families. Is Arrested Development a different reflection of the times? I know that you're saying it's the moral high ground of the Brady Bunch, but was that also a reflection of the times? Was it simpler? Was it nicer? I don't know if it was simpler or nicer, but I also think that what was generally allowed morally on television was very different than what we're allowed now. And I mean, this all 
then in a higher argument goes back to the evolution of cable and going away from three channels and, you know, that whole aspect. But I think family is still family. I think we just relish more in the dysfunction nowadays. I think our family, our personal family, the mm-hmm. one that you're related to with me, I think that, unfortunately, you're related. I think that... More so unfortunate for me than for you. That's but. true. We're still checking those papers and the DNA test hasn't come back. But the fact of the matter is, I feel we're a bit of a hybrid, our personal family, because mm-hmm. I think our family has... I think we have a lot of dysfunction in our family. And I also think that we have traditional values. So we're a hybrid. So we're fucked up like the rest of development. And we're goody two-shoes like the Brady Bunch. So perfect. Okay, so we're a perfect blend. And I mean, I guess that leads us into our guest for the day. Uh, today, we're going to be talking to one of, I believe, your favorite Bradys. Yes. We will be chatting with Christopher Knight. Yay! My favorite Brady, Peter Brady. And how, how do you guys know each other? How does that go back for the two of you? We shared Alice for a night. We uh, no Before her death or after her death? I don't know where you get your humor from. I think must, from my mom. Your mother. Yeah. Yeah, because she's one funny She's one funny woman for marrying me. Yeah. Um, look, Peter Bray, it was interesting. I, I produced a show, as you know, about 10 years ago, and I worked on the show. Uh, Christopher and I was a guest. And uh, we actually uh, became very good friends from that, and that's going on 10 years. And it's a really interesting thing about serendipity and fate. Here I am loving the Brady Bunch, my favorite show of all time, and becoming friends with one of the stars of the show. It was an interesting one whether or not to do an episode solely on the Brady Bunch because a lot of the other episodes focuses on specific things in pop culture that have become staples. And the Brady Bunch is a show, um, and we like to focus more on, on actual physical things of pop culture. But the Brady Bunch in and of itself is a pop culture touchstone in the sense that it infiltrated so many different areas of pop culture and has become almost a staple of pop culture throughout the years to the point where now it's been renewed with an HGTV show, which was just nominated for an Emmy, I believe, this year. And it's one of those shows that have infiltrated just a multitude of subjects, which makes the Brady Bunch, as as one element, a big part of pop culture. And as much as you joke about your dad loving the show so much. You have to, like, be honest, you have to admit it is pretty awesome that this silly little show, you know, that was never a top 10 show, has lasted for more than 50 years as part of the DNA of pop culture. It's it's crossed over to film and and, you know, television series and film and syndication and products and people actually quote the Brady Bunch. Well, I mean, I think that's as good of a segue as any, but I think we should bring out Christopher Knight and start this podcast. Yeah, let's bring out Christopher Knight. Let's do that. Now, how do you do it? What button do you push to do that? I'll figure that out. You just sit there and look pretty. All right, I'll do that. Okay. When it's time to change, then it's time to change. Are you guys doing this from the garage? You've been kicked out into the garage? <laughs> no, hey, Ben, we're, how are you? Hey, good, how are you doing? Like, who do you look like to me? You're looking like, um, oh, somebody from something. You're looking like... Uh, she looks like a 1970s porn actor. Why is that? Well, there's a little bit of porn going on <laughs> a there. A little but, bit. A uh, particular <laughs> porn actor. <laughs> Whose garage is it? Is that yours, Ben? Or? No, it's it's we're we're in his place. It's my basement. 
for me, I just thought it was a place for my dad to store all of his garbage. <laughs> <laughs> See, look at you got your big, you know, mics and I'm using a um, a lab. I hope it sounds okay. Oh, no, it's sounding great. I've had to learn all these fucking things. Somebody <laughs> needs to teach this class. Yeah. Are we starting this thing already? Why not? Yeah. I feel all like, right, I mean, right. so, we've so been so recording. Everything's on. Why, <laughs> ben, you wanna, you're going to take the lead. You want to take yeah. the lead of this interview yeah. with Chris? Let's let's get into the pop culture element. Um, okay. I mean, Chris, I don't know if my dad explained much about the podcast, but uh, the podcast is called Pops Culture, and it's basically a deep dive into everything pop culture. And goes without saying, you are a big part of pop culture. Um, did you did you say it was called Pops? Pops culture. culture. All right. So we're not, but we're talking about pop culture, not Pops culture. Or yeah. Pops well, pop culture. Pops pop culture. Are you, are you indicating to me that pop culture is something <laughs> of it? There's a history of it and we're in something new now and we don't call it pop culture anymore in the current? I'm very concrete. I'm very concrete. I know you These are. These things matter. I know. I know. So, so well, I guess the thing a, is, you're, it's, a, it's a play on words that wasn't intended to confuse me and no, only me it, could be confused by it. That's right. Yeah. Okay, there. I'm glad you said it because yeah. I wasn't going to say it. You're, you are part of the pop culture of my pop's culture, if we can put it under that umbrella. But also, I think that you're part of pop culture. I mean, the Bradys has transcended that generation of pop culture and has made its way in today's pop culture. The whole point of the podcast is to dissect elements of pop culture, whether that's action figures or, or memorabilia or um, magazines, Records. trading cards. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, one thing with the Brady Bunch that we felt was super interesting was we feel that it's become kind of a cultural touchstone of pop culture where it's infiltrated so many different aspects of pop culture, whether it is magazines or whether it's music or film or television or merchandise it's in of itself yeah so the brady's is in and of itself a pop culture element what's interesting about about this is that though it seems appropriate and obvious to talk to someone who is pop culture to talk to them about pop culture <laughs> the reality is is we weren't yeah. making pop culture we were making a television show and it is turned into pop culture mm -hmm. so your guess is as good as mine because Pop culture is something that is um, decided on by an audience, by a population, mm -hmm. uh, by a society. I didn't have anything to do with the show becoming pop culture. And I am just as curious as you are as to uh, why. Um, and then to answer the question, what, what, what drives pop culture? Mm -hmm. Obviously the more common somebody is in the face of somebody else mm -hmm. through the media, uh, through entertainment, they have a chance of becoming a pop culture um, item. Mm -hmm. Let's say icon, but somebody whom uh, people recognize. But So what is the real definition of pop culture? Is it just what's popular? Correct? Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking at at it from the inside. Yeah. It happened, signed it to me. And frankly, I am not uh, an expert in pop culture. Your father is uh, an expert in pop culture. Yes and no. I think that um, with you, Chris, one of the things I always admire with you is that you 
always seek to find an answer to a question. And one of the things you said to me years ago, which I always thought was interesting, is you said it was a time in your life when you realized that Brady was bigger than you. Yeah. You have taken yourself outside of that bubble. In, in my desire to grow as a young uh, artisan man, away from uh, the part of me that was forever created, it, 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 you know, in the Brady Bunch, somewhere around 25, 28, it was becoming more and more clear 10 years after the cancellation of the Brady Bunch that it wasn't off the air um, and that perhaps it, it wasn't ever going to really recede. And then what does that do to this approach I had decided on in dealing with it, which was to run from it and to deny it. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to run from wind. It, you just, it's always, it's ever present. So what's interesting to me um, hearing you say those things is you're on this big hit TV show of your time that became such a cultural touchstone. And I'm curious as to why you wanted to run from it. I was running reflexively mm -hmm. out of some kind of idea culturally that there's nothing important that you could have done as a child. Uh, your goal was the thing, you know, as opposed to something accidentally happening. Because certainly my early career wasn't of my design. It just sort of happened to me. Uh, and it, it was frightening to me that that could be what I'm best known for. You know, the, the, you don't hear the term anymore, but it was more prevalent back in the day when I was younger and called a has been something that was and is no longer. And in what, in, in the, where did the term, for, you're talking about in acting or just? Just period, just period that you don't ever want to be a has been. Mm -hmm. um, and of course you don't, but at the same time, um, what if you are? What if the thing you did is going to be something that you're always going to be known for and you can't ever get away from its orbit? Does that make you a has-been? I decided it doesn't because as long as I recognize that they only know that fragment, as long as I make my life purposeful, there's no has-been in it. Ultimately, it engenders this love and this feeling of, of brotherhood and, and warmth that I then rationalize if it really is that there's nothing bad to run from other than the fact that it wasn't considered high art. It didn't spring from nowhere. My dad was an actor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so explain to, explain to Ben your family dynamic. What's your family dynamic? So my dad was an actor. He was a stage actor and the only respectable acting was on stage. And that television was a real sellout. And then I get this series, which happens to be, um, you know, sort of milk toast and not high art. And my dad was decidedly opposed to its lack of art. Literally to be scoffed at and to be embarrassed by. But, go, but, but we need the money. <laughs> you know. As the show went on, I too recognized people liking it. <laughs> and if they're liking it, then it can't be invalid. I mean, Chris, do you mind going into more detail just like about your family and what your family life was like? My dad, my dad was a uh, German and my mom was Jewish. And so it was very much a struggle for my dad's family uh, to accept a Jew. And ironically, 
my mom's mother and father said they would have nothing to do with supporting them if he remained an actor. <laughs> Get a real job. <laughs> I have no, no evidence of it, but I would imagine if they would have stayed in the old country, uh, they very well could have ended up Nazis. That's probably the genesis of the not wanting you to marry a Jew thing. Before we go further, I wanted you to tell Ben, this is funny. When did you find out you were actually Jewish? It was at that point also that now I'm engaged in working with, with uh, these really warm, lovable people. Mm-hmm. And um, I become aware that most of comedy in Hollywood is written by Jewish people. Okay, go, go by a couple of years. And then I'm starting to realize, huh, my mom's last name, her maiden name, because it was clear to me that, you know, Jews kind of had, you know, names that were, you know, Cohen or Schwartz. or I don't know why, but it dawned on me my mom's main name was Stern. Not only that, but her father was named Herb. And I'm thinking, there's a pretty good chance that my mom was Jewish. <laughs> you know, just because... New York, Stern, either that or they're German. I'm just reading the paper one day. It reminds me, something I'm reading the paper. Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask my mom if she was Jewish. So I just blurted out, Mom, by any chance, were you Jewish? And she's behind me in the kitchen. Yes. I just stand up. I turn around. I look at her. I go, were you going to tell us? (laughs) Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> Let's put this in context. So I think I'm going to, this is my amazing segue here, Chris. The Jews' most famous line from the Brady Bunch is about pork chops. Coincident to the fact that I also have a pork chop phenomena. Hey, Mom. Hi, Alice. What's for dinner? Pork chops. Pork chops, huh? What else? Apple sauce? Pork chops and apple sauce. Mm, that's swell. Have you got something stuck in your teeth? Why do you say that? You know, every episode sort of revolved around a, a Brady kid and then had a subplot with some other member of the family. Peter was um, traumatized by thinking he didn't have any personality. Mm-hmm. 
What happened at the party? If you really want to know, nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Nobody talked to me all night. Ah, go on. You're exaggerating. Well, one guy did. He said... What did he say? He said I have no personality. No personality? See? Nothing. Zero. Let's face it, I'm dull. That's ridiculous. Sure it is. Listen, you have a... The writer had written um, this Humphrey Bogart moment. Um, but I didn't know who Humphrey Bogart was. And to... Um, help with efficiencies Lloyd when he became the dialogue coach would prep us yep. for the upcoming episode that we were going to be starring in so uh, Lloyd said um that Humphrey Bogart well he was this actor and he talked to the curled lip and he started doing this curl lip thing and he talked like dish he kind of talked like dish so I didn't do Humphrey Bogart I did Lloyd doing Humphrey Bogart and um I guess um, I, he should be he should be um, congratulated for creating that moment that for some reason, and this is the one I'll never have an answer for, struck so many people the same way, but independent of one another. And I don't know how that happens. Early on, everyone asked it individual or individually without knowledge that somebody else had asked just for me to say it. Or that it struck them the same way. And 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 I I don't know what it was. I can't look at it and say, clearly that's going to be one that people are going to want you to say. No social media. The entire world wants to hear pork chops and applesauce. You haven't said the line. I haven't heard the line yet, Chris. My I can't. My, my mouth isn't shaped the same way, so it's hard. Hang on. I mean, you're getting there. Pork chops and applesauce. Nesh, well, something like that. But it, it's funny because the the pork chop line, and and Ben, I'm, I'm overstepping you a little bit, but the pork chop line is interesting because you don't have an explanation why that became the thing. But I don't know what saying pork chops and applesauce and having that be something that people remember and want you to say. When it, you know, um, I mean, I I know that I was driving toward one. Um, I've got I've got one question and then Ben's got a question for you. Mm -hmm. You I'm going to bring up a question only because you mentioned it yourself, Chris, just a few minutes ago. You said, you know, you were gift you were gifted as a, a pop culture icon as something that was gifted to you. I want I think that's really interesting, but I, I want to know what is a pop culture icon, and you know, like really, you your name. The show you've been on and the character you played is known all over the globe. That's my take on it. But I want to know what it what does it mean to well, be a Well, first there's pop culture. What is what is pop culture? Short for popular culture, right? So right. it's that which is popular at the time. Now I think that the icon component of the of the title is just is placed there when something has endured a a period of time mm -hmm. um, and uh, expected, I guess, to um, continue to endure um, as a touchstone of sorts. But 
a pop culture, someone from pop culture, adding to pop culture, creating pop culture, um, is at the beginning arc of somebody who could end up becoming a pop culture icon or, or character or entity. Um, so the icon part is the part that to me makes the most sense, Mm -hmm. uh, in that it's because you've been around long enough to, um, and consistently enough, uh, to become a meme. (laughs) You're, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a early form of meme, um, Mm -hmm. a live meme. But I don't know. I mean, I sit on the inside, you know, trying to think that it's all, it all stems from this Brady thing. The Brady thing to me is about um, what people aspire to be. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, so the Brady family and family um, for, I would say more than 50% of the population is more aspirational than it is real. Mm -hmm. People are struggling to do it right, to do it well, uh, to do it consistently, um, but will aspire to certain components um, of family. And a lot of that can be found in the Brady Bunch. If you want to criticize it as an art form for being banal, go right ahead. You're probably right. It's very simple. That no family is like the Brady's. Now, I would come to learn that there's a lot that are. We're acting like the Brady's. We remind them of themselves. And there was a lot as well who weren't anything like the Brady's. The Brady's were something that um, they found salvation. They they, um, escaped to Mm -hmm. and wished for. Mm -hmm. And I think that as a touchstone, we were probably the last of a, of a genre as well and presented in um, kind of classic American um, in a classic American mm-hmm. manner. It's all, uh, uh, quintessential, if you will. So would you say then you think the universal truth of what it means to be in the home is kind of been the catalyst of what why the Brady's has lasted so long in pop culture and why it's still prevalent? I think it's well put, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that we what we are, was the core essence of the show is about what happens inside the walls of the home. Th- that hope is, is how you'd want it to be preserved forever for your children. And that's what the Brady's are. The Brady's continue to show you that. And it, because of that, it becomes something that you can aspire to. You can collect on when it, it uh, reminds you of your family, and you could um, um, be embraced by when it is your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you can escape to as your family. There is decidedly no drama mm-hmm. in the Brady's because, frankly, you don't want drama in your family. Yeah. So if you're going to do the Brady thing in a way that's truly aspirational, it is going to be banal mm-hmm. because it it's going to be stripped of the drama. Ben, do you want to ask that last question? Do you want to ask, knowing how yeah. much should I have? Do you want? To- yeah, I mean, you can definitely see us with memorabilia behind the wall. You don't even know what's on this table in front of us right now. It's just littered. Why is your water bottle on the table? Well, because I was thirsty. I feel like just I'm thirsty. And then but I'm, I'm saying you can't. Down. 
we need I I staged the whole table band. Just I pretend the whole, water if it's from like the 1970s, pretend it's like a vintage collectible. It's the Longo's <laughs> vintage collectible oh, yeah, natural collectible water. water. I staged everything. And not only that, Ben, I don't need you to p- spill the water on some 1960 TV guide. Who who do, who does the dusting? Who dusts it all? Nobody. Oh, he just I've, collects stuff. I have, yeah, collects. I have an original slinky, Chris. So you see that? Everyone knows it's slinky. It gives a big lip when wrapped as a gift. How do I know that that's the original slinky? Because of the box that it comes in. I see that it says slinky. Yeah, we don't see anything inside the box. Well, we don't know if that's the original slinky. No, not the original. The first year it came out, but see? Uh, is that the first year it came out? Yes. Look at that. Wow. See, he said, wow. See, Chris is impressed. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess, like, is there anything, like, from the Brady's that you own, like, memorabilia-wise? You think it's, like, the coolest What's Brady memorabilia cool? you have? Or or is, do you have anything still? Oh, you know, my dad My dad was a Depression-era baby. So he didn't let us throw anything out. So um, all my scripts were removed from the trash, lo and behold. Um, oh, you threw you threw them out, and he took them back. Yeah. Wow, Chris, look at I have a picture of Andy Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I have an entire memorabilia um, Tupperware crate in in my storage unit. Frankly, yeah, I got that. I've got that. Yeah. Yeah. Which one is that? Dad? That's the. This is the adventure in the high seas without Jan. Why is she not on the cover, Chris? Interesting. She would have been. You know. Um, What's interesting about those things is they were created and sold prior to us having any deal. So there were years of stuff going down when they had no right to do any of it. I think it was on during the show, but they still never right to do it. So it, we didn't sign a merchandising deal until 92, and I helped lead that. Mm-hmm. Did you want to wrap this up, Ben, with yeah. Mr. Christopher Knight? I can do the wrap-up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, Chris, just want to say thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Um, you know, it's it's always an honor to be chatting with someone who's been so influential, whether or not, you know, you realize in the moment, but somebody represents so much in pop culture. It just, it's, we're very grateful to have you here today to be speaking to us about pop culture and yourself. Well, I just hope that I haven't gotten myself in trouble by <laughs> claiming that my family were Nazis because <laughs> I have no proof of this. Yeah, I mean, you had the one, the, the Hitler mustache. I just but, think it it adds to my inner drama. You had the one relative. Yeah. To, to feel that I have all of it just swimming around, conflict. Well, we're great. We're grateful to you and your Nazi family. <laughs> yeah. Well, will you keep in touch with me, Chris? Will we keep in touch? I'm moving up there, but I need to know someone in Canada. Well, we've got how many? I've got a few. Oh, this, this is a full Airbnb up here. Now. Yeah, we There's have a full Airbnb. Bedrooms. I don't have anybody living here. It's just Franny and I, just my wife and I. So we've got extra bedrooms. You'll bring the cats. It's all good. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm looking for citizenship. I need to be, um, what do they call it, sponsored? Do you have to be sponsored in Canada? Or you just have a pulse. You just walk in. Yeah, just walk in. Show yeah. your pulse. And you're good. All right, good. Then, then it's Canada. It's Canada. We still, accept, it can't be that hard. <laughs> we accept everybody. Look, I, they accepted me. I'm living here. It's all good. Yeah, they're trying to get him out. But. I want to go to Quebec. Say that again. Que- Quebec. <laughs> God. Oh God. <laughs> I, I fancy myself French. France. Oh yeah. You're a French Jew. 
You're <laughs> French German Jew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a province for you. All right. Are we good, Ben? Uh, yeah, I think we're good. Um, Chris, great chatting with you yeah, again. We you appreciate so it. We appreciate it. Say hi to Kara for me and keep safe, guys. Thank you. It's interesting because the Brady Bunch is in of itself pop culture. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to say. Well, first I'm going to say, please keep speaking to your mic because I keep hearing that you keep drifting. But oh. yeah, the the Brady Bunch, I mean, it's it was an interesting one whether or not to do an episode solely on the Brady Bunch, but it's one of those shows that have infiltrated just a multitude of subjects, which makes the Brady Bunch as as one element a big part of pop culture. Both of our interest is pop culture. Mm-hmm. I think I take it to more of a material sense where I like to surround myself with things I can touch and feel and trigger memories. And I think for you, what does pop culture mean to you? I mean, tattoos that I have are pop culture-related tattoos. Tell the folks out there what tattoo you have on. Well, I've got the the logo from Airplane on one arm. The movie Airplane. Movie Airplane. Yes. And then I've got, a, uh, I've got the abnormal brain from Young Frankenstein on the other arm. Out of all the things, Mel Brooks, you decided to take the film Young Frankenstein Mm -hmm. and take the Abby normal brain. I think that at the end of the day, like it, we, we both still have a love of pop culture and they materialize in different ways, right? Yours materializes in materials. Yes. And I don't think mine doesn't. I think I, you know, don't do to the same extent that you do, but I think the love of pop culture is definitely there in both of our generations. For me, when I was a kid, we would get a comic book, which we touched and we and there was a smell to a comic book. You would get Silly Putty. There was a smell to Silly Putty. You would get cards like the, 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 the Charlie's Angel cards or my Welcome Back Cotter cards. And inside there was a stick of bubble gum. So those cards always smelled like bubble gum. So for me, they're memories that are sensory triggers. And I think that's why I have the physical... Like, I've spent so much of my lifetime almost buying back all the things I had as a kid. I think pop culture is anything that really has had an impact um, on our society through media and has made kind of a statement in in defining a moment in time. I'm not understanding what you mean. Well, pop culture is is anything that has been, like, you know, created a mass viral moment has become part of our zeitgeist in that specific period of time is now pop culture. That's my relationship to it. Everything I have here is part of, everything I have surrounding me is part of my childhood. So I've bought back my childhood because it's tangible and I can smell it and taste it and feel it and it, and it gets an emotion from me. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm surrounded with stuff. I guess so. But at the same time too, I don't feel like my relationship to pop culture is any less than your relationship in the sense of like, I have, I have tattoos of pop culture things that mean a lot to me and I can walk around with that on a daily basis. You're mm-hmm. saying I'm surrounding myself with stuff, but you've actually put on your body. You've imprinted your body with something important pop culture mm-hmm. that's going to be with you to the day you die. Yeah. Okay. So and in I, that sense, you win a little bit. What would you get tattooed on your body? If you I already get, have a tattoo. No, no. If you had to get like a pop culture tattoo on your body, what would you get? If I had to get a pop culture tattoo on my body, that's a tough... I think I would do a Brady Bunch tattoo. I would probably do something with the grid, the mm-hmm. nine squares. Okay. Something Where? like that. Or I would do a tramp stamp of Alice 
I would do a tramp stamp of Alice just above my butt. Do guys do tramp stamps? I mean, I don't see, you can do whatever you want technically, but I guess are men, I mean, I don't know if, if you call, if it'd be a tramp stamp for men. That's what I'm saying. If a yeah. man has a tattoo. If it's called a tramp stamp. Right. But is a tramp stamp simply for women because it's a, you're a tramp? What's I a mean, tramp? I think men, I mean, there's men can be tramps too, I well, think. Well, Charlie Chaplin was a tramp. Well, what about Lady and the Tramp? Oh, that's true. There was Lady and... Yeah. When did tra- okay, so that being said, when did tramp become a bad term? But oh, then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, some woman got a tattoo above her ass and turned the word tramp into something really bad. So I think what it sounds like is a podcast is going from, first is about pop culture, now it's to take back the word tramp to make it good again. Is that what we're getting at? Well, here's something interesting. You could actually make an argument that the word tramp is part of pop culture. I guess, yeah, you could. You and could. Tramp stamps are the cultural stamp of pop culture then in that regard. So there you go. Episode number 14 will be about tramps. For this and more antics of this crazy father-son duo, keep tuning in. Whatever you say. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.